Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today we're going to be talking about the best approaches to reading the Bible. That's right. More people than ever are trying to approach the Bible and start reading it. And we're going to show you the different ways, whether you're trying to read it in a year, try to read it over time, and a lot of different ways to really understand Scripture. The Bible has transformed many a saint's lives throughout the history of the world, and it has certainly transformed ours. And we can't wait to share our testimony and a way to approach this beautiful living word of God. Really looking forward to this episode, guys. I, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head, Ryan. A lot of people, um, you know, especially now, are, are turning to Scripture. We're seeing a lot, of, uh, a lot of that lately. And, you know, I think one of the things that I'm going to really appreciate hearing uh, from both of you on is uh, the approach to reading the Bible, that how it helps you to digest this, uh, you know, amazing living Word of God. So I'm really excited to get this going. Cool. Yeah, you know, there's there is so many ways to approach the Bible, you know, crack it open, start reading page one all the way to the back. Probably the least efficient way and probably the hardest way and probably the reason most people who have ever really tried to read the whole Bible have failed. Because, you know, it starts out pretty nice in Genesis, a lot of good, interesting stories, but you get two or three books in the Bible and it really becomes a slog. So we're going to show you some ways to maybe make the Bible more engaging, make it, and also have it make more sense how it all ties together. Because the Bible is not a singular book, right? And it can be difficult to approach it as a book. Like if you're reading, you know, uh, Tolstoy or something. or something, right? Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a library. The Bible is a library, a collection of books. And then, you know, if you've ever seen the Marvel movies, well, what order should you watch the Marvel movies in? Well, you got to start with Iron Man. Well, no, you should start back and, you know, whatever. There's better approaches than just opening it up and sequentially. And that's what we're hoping to get into <clears> with you today. And it's, it's true, Shield, because... I had that experience growing up several times where I started reading the Bible and started in the book of Genesis and immediately, you know, put the Bible down when I hit into numbers or and numbers. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, and I think that happens for a lot of people. And there's more of a disciplined approach that I think is, is very helpful. You know, I, I came across uh, a Bible that had read the Bible in a year, a number of years ago, and it had selections from the Old Testament from the New Testament, from the gospel, from the wisdom literature in the middle of the Bible. And it always finished with a beautiful, beautiful one-liner from, from some of the scriptures from Proverbs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like those one-liners, you know, you could live your day by. And I, I really love that approach. But like Shiel's saying, there's so many, so many approaches. And I think it would be very fruitful to start with the Catechism of the Catholic Church and just look just briefly at you know, how we approach scripture, just generally speaking, as, as Catholics, you know, there's one, the literal sense, and then two, the spiritual sense. So we always want to make sure that we're telling all of you about the senses of scripture, and then how to best approach. In the spiritual sense, you have the allegorical sense, the moral sense, and the anagogical sense. So the allegorical sense we acquire a more profound understanding of events by recognizing their significance in Christ. So St. Jerome expresses that ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. 
everything revolves around the logos and God in the logos became man, the, the manifestation of the word of God. That's what logos essentially means. And the manifestation of Jesus Christ, when you read through scriptures, it's informing your knowledge of the history of salvation and who the person of Jesus Christ is in that history as the word made flesh. Then the moral sense, guiding us in the sense of morality, how we should live and act in accordance with this revealed word of God. And then finally, the anagogical sense. We can view realities and events in terms of their eternal significance, like that, that sense of eschatological, the end of our journey. So this is a mystery. This is a pilgrimage of life. Well, what, what's at the very, very end? What is it leading us toward our true homeland? What we express is the kingdom, the new heaven and the new earth, the new Jerusalem, right? So th this is that eschatological principle of making sure that you're keeping that in mind as you're reading the scriptures, the kingdom, the word becoming flesh, and, and the heavenly realities that we are all being led to. So jumping off, Sheil, you know, what do you think would be the a, a first approach uh, you know, for people just picking up the Bible in the new year is, is you know, like, you know, in, the, in their time, you know, just kind of figuring out how to approach it. Well, I, you know, I think the Bible has never been more available to people, right? Now, it's the most published book in history, but the Bible's never been more available to people in so many different ways, online, different versions, uh, on your phone, digitally. I mean, there's a million ways you could read the Bible. So I think the first thing we should do is what version of the Bible should you read as a Catholic? I think that's an important place to start because, well, I mean, if you read you know, King James Bible, they're going to be missing a lot of books and have a lot of different translations that push agendas that are frankly against what the intention of the Bible was and what we as Catholics believe. So the ones that I would recommend most people trying to read are the the revised standard version, the Catholic edition, um, that's a really good, straightforward translation, very literal, not a lot of liberties taken with the meaning, not a lot of goofy footnotes like you'll find in the New American Bible, uh, not a lot of these, thou's, and things like that. So I would say that's a, probably a really great version to begin with. It's probably the, uh, you know, the standard, the, you know, it's the revised standard version. The second would be the NABRE, which is the New American Bible Revised Edition. That's the one that you hear in mass. So if you want to hear the sense of how things are written, or I'm sorry, said in mass, you can go to that one. Then also the one that I love is the Dewey Rames, which is, uh, you know, that was the standard Bible for Catholics in the English-speaking world for four centuries. So you can't go wrong with it, but it is maybe a little bit more difficult to use because it used more archaic language, but it's very beautiful as well, and you get used to it. So one of those three versions pretty new Jerusalem Bible too. Don't forget that one. One of my, one of my all time, all time favorite. And most recently, you know, and, and, you know, talking about how to approach too and where to start, you know, for saying sequentially may not be the best recommendation that we would give you. Um, you know, Bishop Barron, my goodness, what an incredible Bible he's put together with word on fire. Um, you know, the new Testament and he's got, uh, you know, further books of the New Testament coming out very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, beautiful work. Sure. So those are some versions. So that's the first place to start. But I think we'd be remiss in this conversation if we didn't mention the illustrious, the great, the venerable Father Mike Schmitz.
Father Schmitz, he's got the number one podcast in the world because he does the Bible in a year podcast. And I think a lot of people are starting to approach this. Let's read the Bible in a year because of that. And that's a really great thing. Father yes. Schmitz is great. You know, we, we bag on a little bit, but that's just because it's an inside running joke. And he's no Pagano. Pagano's no Schmitz. We'll just call it a draw. But <laughs> his approach to it is essentially a, a canonical approach or a sequential approach. Um, you know, he intersperses a couple of things like Psalms, but it's basically like, he's breaking it up into periods like, okay, the early church fathers, the wanderings in the desert, right? The, the church history, uh, the period of judges, whatever it is, but it's really following starting in Genesis and going through the new Testament. Now, I think that's the most common sense approach, but not the best approach. And that's not to say what he's doing is bad because the way he's doing it is engaging and they're really explaining it. So it's keeping people engaged. But if you're doing this solo, I really wouldn't recommend going about it that way because like Father Rich said, you're going to get lost in the book of numbers. I mean, you're going to get lost in, you know, some of the judges and Samuel because it becomes very historical, very distant to us. Right. And it doesn't you're not really seeing the payoff. You're hearing about the Amalekites and you're hearing about how many cubits a, an acacia, you know, beam should be. And you're just like. What does this have to do with me being a better person to stop kicking dogs and hating old people? It doesn't really do much for you, right? So that's a that's one approach, and I think it's the one most people start with, and that's the reason most people traditionally have failed to really read the Bible because they approach it like a book and they start from the beginning, and, it, and it's difficult, you know. I mean, what are your guys' experiences with that? Yeah, you know, as I hear you guys talk, it's uh, the sense you have the senses of scripture. Uh, the different ways to approach it. Certainly, um, some of the books that you mentioned are, are very difficult to read. I think the the best thing for me was the context that was given and the covenantal relationship that God has with humanity, right? Through, um, you know, Adam and Eve, starting the family, and then Israel, the nation, and, mm -hmm. you know, moving on to this uh, new and everlasting covenant through, you know, Christ, our Lord. And, uh, and, so stepping through that lens, you're able to to see how God interacts with, um, you know, this particular uh, progress with covenantal relationships with uh, his people. And and I think the, the Bible timeline for me did that really well because they categorize that. And so when you're reading scripture, it's through that. OK, well, this fits with this covenant and this is how his covenant was made manifest with his people. And, you know, time and time again, the people fail God and prophets and, and, you know, circumstances and things like that, draw people back to God. And so you constantly see this ebb and flow and it culminates in Christ. And yes, you do have other things like Proverbs and the Psalms, which are beautiful, but as they fit into the covenantal timeline of God and, and his people, I, I think that really helped me out a lot. I think some of what Father Schmitz does uh, draws from that too, as well. Well, um, Jeff Cavins is on that podcast with him, so it makes sense that yeah, they're kind of taking. And he's the author of that. I, I, yeah. I think he was one of the authors of it, but that really helped me out a lot. And then from the liturgical sense of reading scripture through the lens of the, the liturgy of our church also helps a lot, you know, mm -hmm. um, to understand that there's the seasons. And that God wants to speak to us through the liturgy of the mass, the liturgy of the hours, right? Mm -hmm. These are the daily communication that the church that she gives us to um, not just relate 
in a broader sense of the stories of the New Testament, um, but to, you know, discover a relationship with God that's based on these seasons liturgically. It's a really beautiful way to look at it. You know, Delacross, what you just said is it just rings so true to my heart as well. What I love about, uh, you know, being guided through the scriptures in a three cycle, you know, process A, B and C within three years, you're reading through basically almost the whole Bible as a Catholic community. Uh, you know, that accompanied with the liturgy of the hours, you're praying the Psalms each day and you're entering into a scriptural deposit of faith and, and it's starting to speak into your life, into your prayer life. And then with the liturgy of the hours, more specifically, the office of readings, now you're opening up tradition and you're looking at some of the most inspiring minds of the church, of church history, kind of giving you the guidance related mm -hmm. to the scriptures and related to the festivities of our faith. And, you know, that is just irreplaceable. And a big shout out to Father Mike Schmitz, who's doing such a great job with Jeff Cavins and Ascension and you know, they're, they're guiding people through the scripture. And I think that's why the retention of people who are doing it sequentially is so successful. I have a number of my parishioners that are following, and I've been promoting that as well, because what a, what a great way to be guided through the entirety of the Bible and, mm -hmm. and have that sense like, wow, I, I moved through the whole Bible this year. What, what a gift. It's, and, yeah, it's a big accomplishment for people to feel like, Hey man, this is some, this is one of those things that you should do in your life. Like, you know, you should, you know, see, the Grand Canyon, you should drink wine in Italy and you should read the whole Bible, right? You know, that's, those are like, those are checklists that every person should accomplish. And, um, you know, Father Rich, you were talking about how the liturgical sense, right? And how there's that three-year cycle. I think a lot that's often underrated that, well, it's like, oh, I got to do it in a year. I got to read the Bible in a year. That's cool. It's nice to give yourself a deadline because goals without deadlines are just wishes, right? Unless you have a deadline, unless you have an accountability, it's not really a goal, right? But if you do go to mass every week and you're, you're reading along with the daily lectionary, you'll read 72% um, of the New Testament and only 13% of the Old Testament. Now, that's kind of a, that's called the liturgical approach to scripture or kind of a, um, a systematic approach, right? Because if you ever notice the readings in mass, you'll have something from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, you know, from the letters and the epistles and then a psalm, and they all fit together. They form a thematic um, dovetail, right? Where right. it's not one day you're reading about uh, Joshua, and then all of a sudden you're reading about St. Peter, and it makes no sense. They all, they help to explain each other. They help to explain, you know, the, the old covenant and how it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ and how we, how the apostles were to understand it and how yeah. King David were to exclaim it. It, it makes a kind of a, a polyphonic symphonic note out of what would seem like disparate readings. And that that's, right. that's a really important approach. And, and that's also a really important thing for listeners is that that is another approach to reading the Bible and the, the old and the new Testament and the fulfillment. Um, you know, we can't, there's no real one way to do it, but there's a lot of different approaches that you can take. And that one specifically mentioning the Jerusalem Bible uh, and, and some of the scriptures uh, and the commentaries for Father Barron's New Testament Bible is, is that. It, it's looking at how the, the New Covenant is the fulfillment of the Old Testament and how those things relate. And I think a lot of people do a lot of really good jobs doing that. 
And, and something that almost every single Bible has that I've come across is cross-references. So mm-hmm. on the side margins, it gives you these references to the Old Testament. And what Sheil and Delacross has said is, you know, we've got to trace the covenants that God has made with man and to realize who the person of Jesus Christ is in the eternal covenant that we receive in his body, blood, soul, and divinity every time that we come to Mass, what the scriptures absolutely point to is the person of Jesus Christ. And, you know, starting out, I think a a great way and something that has helped me. And and when I go back, you know, 20 years, you know, where did I start? And and how did it really start helping me kind of guide through the full Bible? It was starting in the New Testament, and and really then getting a sense through these cross references, going back to the Old Testament, and seeing how this is a fulfillment of what one of the prophets said, or throw me back to the book of Genesis as, as Jesus is the new Adam, you know, and, you know, that, that's something to be said too. And learning how to use those cross references in the side margins is a, is a very beautiful devotional way of reading scripture, even if you only have 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour uh, to do that. I love what you said there, because that's probably the approach that I'd recommend most people taking is starting maybe not if you've never read the Bible and you're not familiar with scripture or you've just heard it in mass and it's been years and you're trying to get back into it, start with the new Testament, start with the four gospels and, and the acts of the apostles, just do that to get started. Because again, Catholicism is not a religion of the book. The Bible is a book about a religion. It's a book about the faith in Jesus Christ and the covenant that God makes. We are not a people of the book, right? Um, so, but reading that and understanding Christ, that's the most important thing, right? So doing that's probably the best way to get going reading the Bible. It's an easier read. You're more familiar with it, but you'll be surprised. I mean, Father Rich, I, you've been reading the Bible for 25 years. You're a priest. And I guarantee every time you open up, say, Luke, and you read through it, you'll be hit by different things that have never hit you in the same way before. And reading the Bible, the whole thing is great. It's an accomplishment. But the purpose of it is to radically change your life. It's not just to say I've done it as a party trick, right? And that's why I'd recommend, look, if you're just starting, open the New Testament and start there. And that will inspire you to then maybe read others and go through that cross-reference manner that Father Rich is talking about. Yeah. Another thing to mention here too, is that in the Vatican, I think it was Vatican too, but the church put together a document called De Verbum, uh, mm-hmm. basically uh, the word of God, right? In Latin. Um, and, and and I don't know if you took some of that, uh, what you what you originally said at the beginning of the show, uh, Father Pagano, the senses. I don't know if you took it from that document, but that, that document's a really beautiful document on scripture. And, and I, I definitely think if, you know, you're going to start diving into this a lot further, that that's a, a, a really, another really good place to start. Uh, and just reading, you know, the basics of how, why we, why we use scripture and, and what it means to us in our faith and how we live our faith. Mm-hmm. And since it is the living word of God, and there are so many senses and, you know, and that is in De Verbum, and it's also, you know, highly recommend and give a shout out to the Catechism of the Catholic yes. Church, because, you know, that's a great introductory way to, to get it to really kind of, again, just get your feet wet and, and start opening up the Bible, start learning what the church teaches, 
um, and and you won't go wrong. When we're talking about the living word of God, you know, we we go back to the scriptures and God continues to inspire us in new ways, like what Sheila was saying. You know, Saint, I would like to share a quote from St. Cyril of Jerusalem. In regard to the divine and holy mysteries of the faith, not the least part may be handed on without the holy scriptures. We are intimately bound to the scriptural deposit of the faith. Do not be led astray by winning words and clever arguments. Even to me, who tell you these things, do not give ready belief unless you receive from the Holy Scriptures the proof of the things which I announce. The salvation in which we believe is not proved from clever reasoning, but from the Holy Scriptures. And it is the inspired word of God. God is living, you know, and, and, and that's, what, that's what I love about the word of God. It, it, it is living it, and, it's, and it's continually becoming in the midst of our own experience. And that's a fascinating mystery, mm-hmm. you know, that you know, moves Cyril, wonder and awe. You know, what St. Cyril's saying there is, you know, you, you can have this, you can, you can look for these things in scripture in life. And this is, you know, there's a lot of, you know, he's coming from the Alexandrian school where he's very um, scholastic, you know, but there's also the, the big T tradition of the church too. Right. And that's, that's also what guides us. We are guided by scripture and guided by tradition in union. Tradition gives us the books of the Bible, right? Scripture informs it. It creates this great cyclical uh, arbiter, right? Yeah. Where tradition and scripture come together to keep that roof of, of faith and protection over us. Now, yeah, you mentioned something really good there, like tradition comes before scripture, that these events, these writings, all happen through an event or through the passing on of a tradition. And, you know, a lot of Protestants, you know, that they say, you know, sola scriptura, you know, and it's like, you, you can't just have scripture it's it's impossible if you're eliminating the historical context of that you take away all of what god did in humanity to to even derive scripture from somebody right mm-hmm. like you know these people were willing participants in and writing scripture this divine um you know inspiration but it was it was through the interactions of god and man that brought this inspiration about initially now, <clears throat> excuse me. I want to go over, I guess, defining ways of reading scripture. Now, we've already talked about a few of them. So, we've talked about the canonical or sequential one, which is kind of like the Bible in the year. It's opening it up and starting at the beginning, but they're breaking it in to different senses, right? You know, you know, the creation and then the, the, the patriarchs and the wanderings of the desert. That's canonical. The second is the systematic approach, which is also you'll find in the liturgical approach, which is the, the liturgical approach has an Old Testament and New Testament, and the systematic approach is the same. It's just in the, in how, in the context of how they use, but it's here's how this happened, and this is how it's presaged. Here's why this happened, and here's some wisdom on it, right? So they're putting things together in a nice tapestry. Then there's the Christocentric view, and this is kind of Father Rich, what I was thinking it's kind of the approach you're taking with opening the New Testament and looking at the cross references, right? Because all those cross references, when you're reading the New Testament, you're reading about Christ, but then there's a cross reference to explain it or give more context to it. Uh, then there's a thematic or a theological approach, right? 
where it's like, okay, we want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Well, there's absolutely things in the Old Testament about the Holy Spirit that are not as clear as they are in the New Testament. There's things about the role of man in marriage in the New Testament and Old Testament, and they break it down in themes, not focused on Christ, but on different themes or acts of behaviors of life. And the, uh, those are like the big categories of different ways. Now, what we're going to do is on, if you go to catholictalkshow.com and you look at this episode's page, people always ask, hey, Ryan, where's the notes? Go to our website, catholictalkshow.com and click on this episode's page. And we'll put a big list of different ways of, of reading the Bible, different approaches. Some will be in a year, some will be open-ended, some will be a three-year timeline. But you can go there and find one that works for you based on what we've been talking about. Um, so go to catholictalkshow.com and check that out. Now, Father Rich, do you want to tell everybody a little bit more about how they can support the Catholic Talk Show and support what we're doing? Well, we definitely want you to go to our website, catholictalkshow.com, because there, if you go to our patron page, you'll see Patreon, which is a way that you could financially support our show. We give a big shout out to all of our patrons who support the show. You've helped us reach all across the world and, and share the beautiful faith that we all enjoy. And we're also on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're on podcast form. So if you want to listen in on your commute to work, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean, and all sorts of different podcast forums. So check that out. Um, you know, and, and it's just, it's a joy to see the community that we've that we built. I was just chatting with somebody in uh, in Utah uh, the other day who who grew up Mormon and and she's really developing a sense of uh, Catholicism from from our approach to conversation because it's just you know like we you know we love our faith. This is this is a conversational forum and it's not dogmatic in any in any respect. But we're you know we're growing together and that's the whole sense. We're on a pilgrimage and and the scriptures is central to really having that uh, blueprint of how we should live our lives, that, 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 uh, that map, that treasure map of how we can continue to discover Christ and continue to unpack who the person of Jesus Christ is in the life of the church. Thank you for that, Father Rich. Um, yeah, the, the comments that we've been getting and, and the things that people are saying about how we're helping them uh, approach the faith it's really it means everything to us thank you for that humbling. Yeah, really it, it really humbling. is i mean because guys we 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 just have rocks in our heads we're just a bunch of dummies and you know this is all the work of the holy spirit so thank you to everyone who's leaving those comments now i think one more approach i wanted to talk to uh, uh, or speak about is maybe just reading a few of the books of the bible right because there's some books that are really difficult that are maybe for someone who's been reading the bible more regularly. Now, what are some of your favorite books of the Bibles, guys? Like, I love Ecclesiastes. I love the book of Daniel. I love Isaiah. Um, but some people might not, you know, uh, accept those books as easily as maybe uh, the book of Ruth or something along those lines. You know, what are some of the books? Because again, the Bible is a library, not a book. What are some of the uh, specific books of the Bible that are your favorites? Well, for me, I, 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 as far as the Gospels go, I really love the Gospel of John. Um, I find myself uh, 
you know, I, I think the church has learned a lot from his gospel uh, and a lot of our uh, teachings. And I also really love the um, the the part of John's gospel where where Jesus is kind of giving his last speech to the disciples, you know, and um, and he he talks about the Father and that they that the Father has given them to him, and like you just you get so much more insight i believe spiritually into um just the the holy trinity and and how jesus is a part of that and his suffering uh for us and then you know in the old testament um you know i i just love the psalms i mean i could read psalms all day long they're just so beautiful um so those would be my two my two favorite yeah, it's it's hard to identify favorites because all of the you know the books of the Bible that you've referenced uh, together really have spoken to me throughout my throughout my journey. Um, one that I haven't heard though is Sirach. Sirach always 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 speaks to me, especially his reference on friendship. If you haven't read that, check out Sirach chapter. Six. Don't go with someone greater than you because you'll be like clay bashing against Matt. Sirach's. I- it's very I, good. that's good pick father rich good pick yeah. so i i would say that one and then um and then i go to you know christocentric like john the gospel of john like i just i love the gospel of john i share those sentiments tell across i probably go more so to the gospel of luke mm-hmm. um just in my day-to-day i think mm-hmm. um quite a bit when, when i'm when i'm counseling or the gospel of matthew um, so between Matthew or Luke, I, I find myself there. Um, and then how could we not reference Paul's uh, literature in the New Testament? Uh, such practical, pastoral, intrepid witness of, of proclamation, you know, his, his reproving is calling us to, to grow stronger in our faith and our witness. Uh, you know, I just, I love St. Paul in, in every respect, every one of the letters. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're out there and you're not looking to read the Bible in a year and you're not trying to make some accomplishment out of it and you're just trying to get in the scripture, I think what the guys here are saying is a really good approach. Look, pick one of the gospels, pick, and I think those recommendations are good. I think Luke is the most developed of the canonical Bibles, right? And, it, and then it flows right into Luke part two, electric boogaloo, which is the acts of the apostles, right? It's mm-hmm. really, I think it was originally meant to be one book. Um, and then either that or John, which is maybe a little bit more of a theological or introspective version of the same story. So I'd pick one of those two and then pick one of the books of wisdom in the Old Testament. So whether it's Sirach, whether it's Proverbs or whether it's you know, Psalms, mm-hmm. read a little bit of that every day. OK, yeah. just mm-hmm. starting with that. I think those are the you, know, you have the truth of the logos of the new Testament. And then you have the wisdom to help you to interpret it and guide your life from the old Testament. I think that's a great approach now. And if you're trying to pray, if you're trying to pray, I think, you know, what, what Delacross was saying before is, you know, the Psalms are great. Yeah. You know, if, if you're really just, you know, searching for a prayerful expression to God, it's all there. It is all there. I promise you, you cannot go through the Psalms without the Psalms speaking to that interior cry or that interior ache within your soul and giving words to God on your behalf and and participating mysteriously in in that uh, in that prayerful expression. And speaking of prayer with scripture, there's this app called Hallow. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but we have. 
they this is lexio divina this is like something that i really love and and kind of chewing on scripture there's another way to read scripture or listen to scripture in this particular case which is very beautiful and it's lexio divina it's a it's a, a basically uh receiving the word and contemplating it meditating upon it and then uh just sitting there with god and his presence in scripture it's a beautiful thing they've got a lot of other stuff on that app i mean it's just growing every day and you know they have bible they have the bible into your podcast they've got i think now uh, bishop barron's on there um just a, a really amazing app and and one that uh, again a lot of our listeners have emailed yeah. us and said this is one of the best things that's ever happened to me it's really opened up my faith life and I'm living my faith in ways that I've never, you know, done before. So big right. shout out to Halla, one of our sponsors. Yeah, Lexio Divina means Lexio Divina means Lexio reading Divina, divine, di, di, the divine reading. And again, just points to the sense that God is speaking and we should be listening. And and scripture is the way to do that for sure. You know, I, I love that you guys are bringing that up because you know, if you are looking to do the Bible in the year with Father Mike Schmitz, uh, he's on there and they're having groups on there now. So if you go, if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash hollow, you could try out the app for free. Um, and one of the things is Lexio Divina and the Bible in the year. That's a great place to go and get introduced to do two different approaches to scripture. So go check that out. Now, another book of the Bible I really love is the book of Exodus, right? And the book mm -hmm. of Exodus, you know, really focuses on the 40 years that the Israelites spent in the desert. But there's another type of Exodus that takes a lot less. It doesn't even take a year. It only takes 90 days. That is Exodus 90. Now, Exodus 90 is a, it's an approach to improving your personal holiness and improving your discipline through scripture, fraternity, and asceticism. So if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Exodus 90, you can learn more about this app. Look, tens of thousands of men across the country have used this program to reorient themselves towards God to become a better, holier, and happier version of themselves who are focused on God and really is, you know, getting rid of the things that are uh, confusing them or sucking up all their time, whether it's internet, frivolous money, pornography, uh, laziness, right? This program really helps. They got a great app. They've included all kinds of cool new features. They've got the daily gospel, right? So you can get, again, this is another place where you can get scripture. They have biblical, the biblical series where, you know, you and your fraternity of men can go through and study scripture together. Another great way to really introduce scripture into your life. Um, they've added a fraternity finder guys, which is one of the big things that I think they really needed. And that's awesome. So now you can now go and find other men in your area to study scripture with, to rely on and create that sense of, uh, brotherhood that'll help you through this. Um, and their big exodus, their 90-day exodus this year starts January 17th. So go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash exodus 90, and you can get signed up and get ready for this January 17th exodus, where it is 90 days of ascetical um, and fraternal practices that ends on Easter to really prepare you for the Paschal mystery this year. So shout out to Hallow, shout out exodus 90. And we, I also want to give a shout out to my men's prayer group in San Diego. You know, we had an approach to reading the liturgical scriptures for the upcoming week. 
And it was just so reinforcing and supportive. It was a simple format. So we want to encourage men and women out there to start forming men's and women's biblical groups where you are following the liturgies of the church and reading through the scriptures for the upcoming weekend and sharing, you know, what, what spoke to me in this, you know, we had a group of about 50 guys that would meet and we would share and we would read those scriptures. We'd share what it said to us personally. And then if there were any intentions that somebody was going through something, we would pray with them. And then we'd have some fellowship and some food. And uh, it's a simple format. And it's worked for men and women throughout, uh, you know, throughout different communities that I've been associated with. And, and that is certainly a, a great way to approach the scriptures. And we thank each of you for taking the time today to listen in or view this show and really getting an approach to the Catholic Church. And, you know, we, we're trying to aim at living in the spirit of God's love for us and living out what the scriptures teach us. And I'd like to conclude this show with a phenomenal quote from St. Francis of Assisi, who said this about scripture and putting it into practice and living it. St. Paul tells us, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. A man has been killed by the letter of the sacred scripture when he wants to quote it, only so that people will think of him to be very learned, when he has no desire to follow the spirit of sacred scripture, but wants to know what it says only so he can explain it to others. What we have before us, my brothers and sisters, is the living word of God. Let us listen, let us receive, and let us put us into practice together as a community in response with a heartfelt amen. amen. I believe. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.